Welcome to In The Zone. I, of course, am your host, Chris Broussard. And boy, do we have a great show for you today. We're talking to Robert Covington, who's having a great season down in Philadelphia as the third guy behind the dynamic duo of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. He gives us some great insight into those two budding superstars. But first, I've got to hit you with my top five. And since we interviewed Robert Covington, who is one of the top five shooters in three-pointers made this season, it got me to thinking, who do I think are the best five shooters in NBA history? At number five, I'm going with Clay Thompson. A few years ago, I began asking players around the league, who's the best shooter in the league? Is Steph Curry the best shooter in the league or ever? The one name I consistently heard to compete with Steph was Clay Thompson. Guy said he's the one with the textbook form on his jumper. And look, the guy scored 60 points in 29 minutes in December of 2016 in a game against the Pacers. The only player ever to score 60 points or more in less than 30 minutes since the shot clock was put in in 1954. He is the lesser regarded of the Splash Brothers, but do not sleep on Klay Thompson's stroke. At number four, Reggie Miller. Yes, indeed, this guy is arguably the most clutch player of all time. And most of those clutch plays he made were three-pointers. This dude had blood in his, or ice in his veins and was tremendous from behind the arc. Ask the New York Knicks, who in 1995 in a playoff game were ahead of the Pacers with 18 seconds left. Miller hits two three-pointers, scores eight points in the final 18 seconds to lead the Pacers from a, to a come-from-behind victory. Now, it did happen when the NBA's three-point line was shorter, just 22 feet all around, as opposed to 23-9 like it is today at the top. However, who in the, their right mind doubts that Reggie would have hit those threes even from the longer distance? Reggie Miller deserves number four. At number three, Ray Allen. Now, Ray Allen is viewed as a shooter today because of his years in Boston and Miami where he won titles. However, unlike the last two guys I mentioned, this guy was incredibly athletic and a tremendous slasher, the most all-around player of the three I've mentioned so far. But his shooting range, his shooting ability should not be understated. Of course, go back to 2013, San Antonio Spurs ready to celebrate. The ropes are out. I was there. The ropes were out. Everybody thought it was over. And Ray Allen saves the Miami Heat and the man LeBron James delivering them their second title with the arguably the greatest shot in NBA history, a three-pointer from the corner. At number two, Larry Bird. I don't care about shooting percentages. I don't care what his shooting percentage was from three-point range. This guy was a great shooter, arguably the best shooter of all time. Unbelievable range, unbelievably clutch. He was the first guy in the mid-'80s when the three-point shot was really just a desperation heave that you threw up when you had to. He was the first to use it as a weapon. 
And this guy did it because of his lack of athleticism. He had to become one of the most craftiest or the craftiest players ever. And he often used a deft pump fake to get his opponents in the air and be able to get off his three-pointers. Larry Bird at number two. And at number one, you probably know Steph Curry. Again, I don't care that he's only shooting 37% from three-point range this season. Steph Curry, undeniably, undisputably, the best shooter in NBA history. He has literally changed the game. And I know Kevin Durant is probably the Warriors' best player. But Steph Curry is their most important player because of the way he stretches the defense so much out nearly the half court that he opens up everything. You take Kevin Durant off that team, they still can win a title. They already did. Take Steph Curry off, and I doubt it because he's the best shooter we've ever seen. All right, we welcome in Robert Covington, who's having a tremendous season with the Philadelphia 76ers, averaging 15 points a game, shooting 42% from three-point range. Unquestionably one of the best 3 and D players in the league, Robert Covington. Welcome to In The Zone. First of all, man, congratulations on your new contract. Four years, $62 million. That, what does that sound like when you hear that? Man, it's a breath of fresh air, man. After the journey I've taken, I've had to take, and, you know, it's it's amazing. I'm, 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 I'm very blessed to be where I'm at now, and I'm very thankful. You, t you talked about some of the ups and downs. We know you were, you know, not drafted out of Tennessee State. You spent time in the D – it was the D League at that time, one rookie of the year. Um, give me a story – uh, about the D-League that most fans wouldn't know. know that kind of encapsulates what it's like to play down there. Man, you know, the the travel, the way, the, the, the resources you have, and, you know, it was a fortunate. I got to see, I got to see both sides of everything, and that made me appreciate it even more. Yeah. So, that, that's the, that's the main thing with that. And then, like, just the, seeing the true grind of everything. Now, I imagine that you had – how confident were you that you were going to make it to the NBA when you were in the D-League? And did what was your backup – I'm guessing your backup plan was going overseas if you didn't make it. Outside of basketball, was there a backup plan that if you didn't make it as a professional player, you would do this or that? I thought about going back to school to get my degree, finishing uh, – not finishing uh, my degree, but, you know, getting my master's. Okay. Uh, and be and utilizing that, but you know, I, I knew I had the, the opportunity, skill set, and everything. You know, a lot of guys that I've seen that had got, you know, the opportunity. You know, I played against a lot of them guys, and I played really well against them and prospered. So I feel like I still had a shot or whatnot. So I wasn't gonna give up. You know, I felt like overseas was gonna be my option. I was going. You know, when Houston released me, I was kind of going back and forth. You know, what I want to do, whether I want to. You know, just go overseas and, you know, get a tech or, you know, play over there or, you know, just grind it out in the D League. And I, I decided to, you know, take the, the D League route because yeah. I, I had already shown basically what I was capable of, you know, the yeah. way I, I played in the D League. So I didn't act like, you know, God that, you know, was just, you know, I didn't act like how certain people, you know, acted at times. 
let that go down there. I feel like they they better than anyone. I just went down there to make guys better. And okay. that's how, you know, my all my coaching staff and everyone told me the same thing. You know, they said, you know, you ain't one guy that acts like you better than nobody. You came down, hey, you actually work, you're making guys do different things and that makes you that makes it even more valuable to the team and, you know, it showed because my teammates, you know, really you know, I praise them, but what I said they said I didn't treat nobody, you know, differently rather than, you know, act a certain way. Just a professional. That's how you gotta act. What what now that you have this huge contract, uh, what was your first purchase or uh, what will be your first purchase if you haven't gone out already and, you know, splurged a little bit and celebrated? Um, I was working on getting me a new car beforehand. Um, I'm actually giving my dad my, my original car. Uh, I just got, I just uh, bought me a car. Um, that's about it. You going to say um, what kind? Um, <laughs> Range Rover. A Range Rover? Not brand, not brand new, though. Oh, yeah, right. not brand new, though. So are you, you yeah, real frugal with your money? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Just because I feel like I have it now doesn't mean I have to act like, you know, it's, it's a big change. It's definitely a big change, but I still act like I don't have, you know, before. Like, I yeah. still act like the same way. And that's how you have to be in order to, you know, make sure that, you know, you know, put yourself in that, you know, that category, you know, how everybody, you know, Goes, goes broke everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. 30, 30 series. You know, you got to <laughs> be very mindful of your money. I don't really buy nothing crazy. Uh, or are you, were you, is that, I assume you were a late bloomer because you went to Tennessee State, which obviously is a good program, but you know, they don't have a ton of NBA players. Were you kind of a late bloomer coming out of high school and all that? No, not necessarily bloomers. Just you know, with all the talent and everything that was, you know, coming out of Chicago, a lot of guys that was, you know, that had the the rankings, everything that played a part. In. And I just, I just wanted the ones that kind of stay under the radar because you know I was just, I lived in the suburbs. Um, I went to suburban high school, and you know all the the kids that pretty much got the recognition of the kids that was in the city. So. But, you know, I got the recognition once, you know, he had big-time tournaments or, you know, betting against some guys. That's when, you know, people started to take notice. But it's just like as I got older and more mature, I sat up here and I really focused. I really, like, took my game from, like, you know, okay, the, well, this kid's really can be special or not. But, you know, it just, it just came from, uh, you know, the, the work ethic and everything, you know, just playing and making sure that, uh, I always handle my business. So, so you end up in the NBA. You're with Philadelphia, which let's just face it, was trying to lose. All right, and I've had agents tell me like they they did their players didn't want to go there. Or they didn't want their players there. I've had coaches and executives around the league tell me you know they would never tank because they don't want to bring that losing mentality into the organization. What was it like as a player? Going through the quote unquote process in Philadelphia those years, uh, it was an opportunity for me um, because you know I didn't really get the opportunity to play like that in um, my first year because of the way Houston had me down in the D League went thirty years, so I didn't really get to prosper like that. And you know, my agent was like, "That's a good opportunity for me to go." And there's minutes there, there's minutes to be, you know, be taken, and you can, you know, solidify yourself if you had the right opportunity. Like, the only thing that 
the worst thing that could come is, you know, if you if you didn't play well. But if you play well and you establish yourself, you know, you, you could play for you know, 29 teams. No, you know, you never know what, what situation can happen from it. And that's how my agent made me look at it. He's like, given opportunities, you know, it's there. You just got to take advantage of it. Was there a level of freedom you felt in that, you know, like I said, the team wasn't really trying to win, so that that pressure wasn't on you. You could just kind of go out and play loose and free. Was was that an element or not? Uh, we still, I, even though we had having a rough patch, I still went out and looked at it as you know, just maintain. The players were trying you to gotta win. go out and do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We was trying to win and whatnot. And it it was it was tough a lot. You know, but you know, it also came with an experience. It wasn't just like, you know, that was the situation. It was just forcefully. It was a lot of experience that played a part in it. You had guys that, you know, hadn't really played, you know, in that in those type of settings or whatnot, and you know, trying to find their way. And that's what you know was what was presented. So I mean, it happens. So so now you obviously have two tremendous young teammates in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Most people consider you guys a team of the future, but how good do you think you can be this season? We're still, we're still, you know, putting everything together. But this team, once we, you know, get the chemistry and everything set up the way we picture it, man, this team, we're gonna be very, very special because we have so many, so much talent that, you know, different guys in different positions can be different players, and that's how, you know, we we regard, and that's how we, you know. Positions we put ourselves in, and you know it's been a amazing journey like thus far, and the work that we've put in all season, like before training camp even started, you know we all bought into what we was, you know we all talked to each other while we was away, and we all bought into you know what we wanted to do as a team, and we all came back early just based off the strength that we knew what we was coming, we was coming into, and guys, guys want opportunity, and that was what everyone viewed. Everyone pitched the same thing. Everybody had the same mindset. And we not, we all bought into it. And when you have a team that does that, you know, that's when, you know, you start to realize exactly what, you know, can happen and what can be very beneficial to a team. When you, you look at Embiid and Simmons and yourself, how how long, realistically, how long do you think before you guys are capable of winning a championship? Uh, the more the more mature and the more we grow as a unit, and you already see the glimpses of what we're capable of. And you know, we we haven't played a, more than twenty games together, and you see the type of talent that we have and what we can utilize, especially with this team. And I say, give us give us maybe you know year or two, like this will be very special. Tell me something about Ben Simmons that would surprise people. Ben, Ben is a goofball. A goofball. Ben joke. Ben, yeah. <laughs> ben jokes all day. Ben it, jokes all is day, he funny? He's a, he's a kid. Or is yeah, he corny? <laughs> nah, he's funny. He's funny. It's because on the I, court I, I, you don't see that. You know, he seems almost stoic a bit on the court. You know. Yeah, you know, on the on the court, he's 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 a person that's trying to get his job done and trying to. Put everyone in the right position and want to see guys do well. But off court, you just like the rest of us. Like guys that like to have fun, that you know, sit up here and make jokes. We talk, we crack jokes about each other. And he's he's one that you know he 
he's still he's still learning a lot. So he takes he takes everything that you know we we tell him, and you know he he has so many you know individuals around him that we we play a lot. We joke around <laughs> like that's just how we are as a team, and we crack jokes on each other. And there's so many different personalities on this team. You get to see it. MB, you mentioned kind of colorful characters on the team. I mean, MB seems like that from Instagram and just his comments and stuff. What's he like, you know, behind the scenes? The MB you see on social media is MB you kid. That's <laughs> that's him. That's his personality. He, but he he's a, a great individual. Like he has a great personality. You know, he, he does so much for us and. You know the way he carry yourself. Just like a true fan, he just like to have fun and like he like to make jokes. Like a lot of times, you know, people mistake what he be, be saying or whatnot. But Joe's a great person. Joe's a great person. Like I've, I've I've watched him grow over the past few years since my you know first year here, and Joe's is just one that likes to have fun. Like that's just his personality. That's what he does, and that's what it's going. You know, continue to be him because no matter what, he's going to put himself in the right position. And, you know, his personality, you know, he never never would get dull, and that's what he views as. He never, nobody's never going to get dull. Yeah. Who who's the funniest guy on the team? Joe. Oh, he is. Okay. Did you, so do y'all yeah, crack Joe. on each other? And is he just he the guy nobody really wants to go against as far as cracking on on each other? No, nah, we still we still mess with him. You know, at certain times. It's just sometimes he'd be like, uh, yeah, that, that's funny, but all right. <laughs> you gonna, you going to lose if you try to talk with him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> he he yeah. trash talks a lot on the court. Is that accurate? That's the view. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's JoJo. He, want, he wants you to know that you have you have to sit up here and in order for him to be better, better than him, like, you don't have to prove it. If not, he's going he gonna to let you know. So what's the funniest or, I don't know if funny is the word, but, you know, thing that you've heard him say on the court to somebody? He can't. <laughs> he can't guard. He going to foul out. He'll say that to guys. <laughs> like, give me the ball. He can't guard me. He going to foul out. Uh-huh. All right. We've heard, we've heard it numerous of times. <laughs> what do the, how do the other guys react, the opponent? On our team? On our team? No, on the other team. Guy, Did, other guy. Other guys take it as a challenge, like, are you serious? But, I mean, it shows on the court. Like, a lot of times, he does the it. defender he's going up against, is, is, he's so big and so strong, like, it, and he's so nimble on his feet that it's, it, he's a hard guard. And now he's starting to put his whole game together. Like, man, Joe's starting, he's starting to unleash talent that he didn't, he knew he had, but now he's starting to really touch in on it. So, mm-hmm. like, that's part of that. That's allowing Joe to, like, really elevate his game. Now, those two guys, <clears throat> Embiid and Simmons, are obviously, you know, stars. But this is the era of the big three. And in November, you know, you've averaged 19.6 rebounds, 50% shooting. Those are basically all-star numbers. Do you kind of consider yourself – like a third, that third member of the Sixers big three. Uh, yeah, I could I could put myself in that category. Um, but I've always, I've I just try to do the little things that you know make our make us better as a whole. Um, that's that's the mindset of of how like I always picture it, like what's going on. I I try to do all those little things that you know make us better as a unit. And it, it's fortunate that it helps me stand out. You know being a part of this unit 
like we have all the right pieces and you know it, i'm i'm fortunate like you know we're prospering in the right way and we're playing the right way and the game our game is showing you know it's it's a it's a big you know it's a big aspect of everything and, you know we have so many guys that can utilize he can turn it on at any at many different aspects of the night. Realistically, it's not just a, a big three. Like honestly, like we have so many guys that can do so much for their team. It's 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 scary. Like because not a lot of people have that. What what do you feel like you can become individually in this league? All star, all NBA. Like what do you what do your what do you feel is your ceiling? Uh, I, my feeling is I just want to like I don't really get caught up in all the the accolades and anything. I just want to be the best player that can help myself and my teammates when, you know, whatever position that puts me in, like I'll I'm I will be I will be that because, you know, I always want to make sure that, you know, it's not just about me, it's about, you know, us as a whole. You know, without without your team, like you can't really prosper the way you want to if you just, you know, focusing on something if you solely focused on yourself and the way we play, you know, we have so many different guys on this team that you know, there's no irony. Like guys are are have the concepts of what our team is. And that's what allows us to prosper because we sit up here with no one selfish. Like everyone makes plays for each other and like a lot, not too many guys are not too many guys have that mindset. Or really no one. Everyone sit up here in this locker room like we understand what we have and we have to, you know, put all the pieces together in order for us to be great because in order for us to make our, you know, make our, you know, goals come true, we all have to lock in and there's no, there can be no separation in between nothing. So you, one of the things you do, you mentioned the little things, this is a big thing obviously, but you're known as a very good three-point shooter. But your career, 36% from the arc, this year, forty-seven percent. What's the difference? Like, how'd you make such an improvement? Mechanics, um, repetition, uh, really looking into you know what me and my trainers like. Because I wasn't able to work out as often because I was rehabbing my knee and I wasn't cleared. Um, they just wanted me to be precautious to when you know I could really realistically be able to work out is when they see me again to really get an idea of what. Uh, how we would go about it. They didn't want nothing to go had go wrong while I was gone, you know. And that way they didn't they couldn't monitor it. So, you know, once they finally clear me, they see me mm-hmm. clear me, that's when I was able to, you know, really start to amp up everything. But mostly it was just repetitions of everything and really focusing on, you know, my mechanics and my technique. Did you change your shot at all? Nah, not okay. at all. Okay. Well, you're you're one of the top three and D guys in the league. Who's the toughest player in the league to guard? The toughest to guard um, right now would be, I would say Kyrie would be the toughest. Real, now, have you actually guarded him? Yeah. So what's that? That must be crazy. With his hand, is his handle what makes it so so hard? Yeah, he's so he's so nimble. Like he. If you stop one move, he hits you with a counter. If you stop that move, he hits you. Like, he has so much that he can add. Like, it, it's hard to, you know, really sit down and, like, really lock in. Now, but, I mean, it, yep. it's, 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 I can utilize my length, but it's just so, so hard when he's so low to the ground that it, like, it, it makes him that much more elusive to, you know, really lock in. Like, he's so, so versatile. So, it's harder to guard a smaller guy like him 
than a LeBron or KD or Giannis or somebody like that. Yeah. What? I mean, KD is definitely one of the hardest as well, but he's, you know, seven foot. Everybody say, everybody say 6'11 or whatnot, but he's a footer here. Well, yep. But, you know, he, he he's a, a big guy that, you know, can play that has guard-like skills. Like, he's definitely hard, and his length has that much more, you know, hard. But it's, you know, Kyrie's just that, that, that package that he has that, you know, makes him that much more elusive. And the way he's playing right now is, man. Yeah, he's balling. He's balling. Who's the biggest trash talker in the league? <laughs> uh, the biggest trash talker is probably JoJo. Joel MB. <laughs> just because I see it, just because I see it, I, I would give him that. But how nah, often it's, is it's he talking? That, every possession, uh, often. No, nah, not every possession. But if he, if he, definitely gonna hear him. Like if he, if he had one, like he's definitely gonna hear. It. Like whoever he's guarding, he's in LA. Like they heard it, they knew it. So who you were gonna say? There's some other big trash talkers in the league. Who are some of the bigger ones outside of Embiid? CP talk. CP uh, trash talk. Really? Uh, CP three. Uh, Melo. It's a few. It's a few other guys that I. I What's the craziest I've thing somebody with? has said to you? Oh, the craziest I've heard was uh, was what Melo said. <laughs> what he when said? I first the first game I played in uh in Madison Square Garden. And I checked in, and the coach and he asked the coach, "Who is this? How do we guard him?" And the coach was like, "Just put a hand up." <laughs> I think that's that's the craziest thing. And I went four for four that game. Oh, really? So he was he trying to be funny, or he just didn't know who you were? Just didn't know, I guess. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, I just got signed from uh, the. Grand Grand Rapids. Well, who who is the most underrated player in the league? I say myself. Okay, okay. But I, I'm getting, I get I got the uh, I'm, I, people are starting to take notice now. But you know I've done so much for this team, and, you know, and just put the hard work and everything. Like my teammates help me get better, my coaches help me get better, and like you know you know get. The, get direct, but it's, all, it's a little thing that, you know, Coach always talk about that they take notice about, and my teammates take notice about that, you know, they value it, but other people don't see it as often, so, like, my teammates give me high praise, and, you know, they always tell me that, you know, I have to continue to work, you know, never get comfortable or whatnot, but it's also, you know, they they see me in the right situation, and they help me put my stuff in the right situation, mm-hmm. to make sure that, you know, I always, you know, I'm always, you know, very, very, uh, very humble and in um, the right, in the right to make sure that we as a team are held together and everybody's doing the right thing. What, you've matched up same position, obviously, as LeBron James. What's it like going against him? Uh, you got to contain him. He's he does so much for that team. No, he's a facilitator. He when he has to get a a bucket, you know, it's it's hard for him. Uh, I'm trying to be as elusive as I can, you know, throw different types of matchups at him and, you know, make it hard, make it harder for him. But, you know, he's, he's one of the best, he the best player in the league. Right you think, now. you think LeBron's I mean, still the best? I mean, he's a, I mean, he, he makes it, he makes, you know, so many different plays. Like you cannot, you can't take it from him. Yeah. Like he still, he still does so much. Is he, who's harder it's to guard a, between him and Durant? 
Durant. Durant, okay, because of the length. Yeah, the length. You know what he does. LeBron, LeBron is trying to be more of a facilitator and you know make sure that you know guys are all doing putting it, putting themselves in the right position. So you know he's a, a natural born scorer and he has so much that he he does. It, it, yeah, yeah. Last thing. What is Rob Covington like off the court? Like, what are your interests, hobbies, things like that? Off the court, um, I like doing a lot of fun things. Um, I like ping pong, going playing pool, going bowling. You know, a lot of things that you know really take your mind off of basketball stuff that you know you can unwind and have fun in different aspects. Like, I go to Dave and Buster's all the time. I go to the bowling alley, go to the pool hall, you know, just being in the house, you know, relaxing and playing video games, stuff like that. What, what, like that's, that's just me. Is there a game outside of basketball that the team is really competitive at, like guys really competing at? Or maybe it's video games. Uh, Yeah, video games. Video games, you got some guys that play cards. Uh, it's a different group. Yeah. Some guys that play video games, some guys that play cards. Uh, you got other guys that like go to the movies and stuff like that. I guess you know different hobbies. Like everybody has different interests, and sometimes you know guys we all, we all, we all link up and be like, yo, we gonna do this as you know a unit. Or maybe go all go to the movies or something. Maybe I'll go out to dinner. We all go out, you know, to to bowling alley or some some something of that nature. Just where we all you know enjoying each other's company outside of basketball. Take our minds off of it. So y'all do hang out a lot as a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all hang out. Yeah, guys. That yeah, on the road we we hang out a lot. You bowl. What's your what's your average? I'm gonna tell you why I'm asking Probably this because I asked Derrick Rose now. told me when he was a rookie that he loves bowling. So I was like, oh man, he must be good. I said, what's your average? He said like about one fifteen. I was like, what? <laughs> so are you are you good <laughs> or you just like bowling? <laughs> Nah, I'm I'm good. I'm not as good as I used to be because I, in college I didn't go as often. But I used to be really good, um, as, like like on a pro level almost. Really? Uh, my highest game is actually yeah. I used to bowl in the bowling league all the time. Like my mom worked at my mom worked at a sports store, so any any sport you can name, we've had. Oh, we've had wow. basketball, we had football, baseball, hockey, soccer, tennis. Like, you name it, we had it in the house. Have you done a three hundred game? Store, so. Have you hit a three hundred game before? My highest, my highest is two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. Wow. I bowled a nine. I bowled a nine at the last, the last, <laughs> uh, the last frame because as I was going to bowl, a little kid had walked in my way and I was in the, the midst of throwing a ball and I couldn't stop myself. Ooh. So I had to go I had to go around the kid and alter my bowling oh. and it got down nine <laughs> instead of the ten. What's your second best sport to basketball? Is it bowling? Yeah. I love I really I really enjoy bowling. Okay. Like, that's one thing that, you know, I do whenever my spirit I, I would even go like we have this thing here in Philly where uh, Lucky Strikes used to have $15 all in bowl and from 9 to 12. And it'd be at times I'd go there like two, maybe three times a week. Well, Rob, man, I appreciate your time, brother. Um, great start to the season so far and just keep it up. I'm looking forward to seeing how far you go individually and the team goes.
Oh, thank you, thank you. The sky's the limit, man. As long as we keep doing what we're doing, this team is very special. All right, brother. Peace. All right, see Thanks, Robert. Well, there it is for In the Zone. We will not have a segment of Knockdown Jay today. Jason McIntyre needed a break. I've been punishing him quite a bit these last few weeks in uh, that segment, so he had to take some time off. But he will be back joining me next week after he recruits. So remember to subscribe to In the Zone on iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment. Leave us five stars. Until we meet again next week, peace.